0: patriots monday and friday 93 7 we FM and hd1 lawrence boston we're always live on the free odyssey app
1: here we go now holla if you hear me though it's the rich keith show here we go. You're now rocking with the Rich Keith Show on your radio. you the chronicles from a topical, comical, and knowledgeable Boston sports talker dropping in hotter than a tropical climate. Breaking news, he supplies it, and you want the truth? Scoops, Keith will find it. He's talking about all the sports, and he's also a hashtag dork, and the father of two sweet daughters, the leader of your squad for you evening marauders, and night commuters. Tune in and sit tight, six to ten, more like 6 to midnight, ow. The mic's hot on the Night's Watch crew. Celtics, Bruins, Pats, and Red Sox, too. Doing this since the Rich Keith Project. Now we've got podcasts and Twitch stream content. K W F E on W-E-E-I. It's the Rich Keith Show, so here's your guy. KJ
2: and Lions in for Rich Keith Show. Thank you so much for hanging out in W-E-E-I. John, every time I hear that song, I'm ready to tap a pack of Newports and, and get things. I'm totally getting. So last night, tell me there wasn't a pervasive feeling that the Patriots were going to yet be on national television again, get embarrassed behind a prime membership, right? Like, you have to have a membership to get embarrassed. Bailey Zappi was out there. The lowest over-under total I have ever heard of, I think it was 30 and a half. Like, you could get that in in a Pop Warner game, right? Just off of running the ball. But here we are now, the next day, and we may now have to look at the draft different, Belichick stay different, the team a little differently, because think about it, if you get one win and you only have three, that's a third of the season of wins.
3: Yeah, and look, KJ, I thought it was a good win. I thought the defense played terrific. I thought the offense was really good in the first half, especially. I thought it was a nice win, On and it's always tough, no matter who you are, what your record is, to go on the road on a Thursday night short week Always difficult to win those games. I thought it was a good win. However, I was on the post game with Fitzy last night, and we talked about this. God bless you. Don't let it fool you into thinking, like, they're going to be okay. Like, oh, they got rid of Mac. you know, they put Zappi in, and, you know, once they just get a quarterback, you know, whoever, maybe it's high in the draft. However, wherever they go to get their quarterback, that they'll be fine. Like, there are still some serious upgrades this team needs, especially on offense. So, yes, it was a nice win. I enjoyed it. There were a lot of great performances, but I don't want people to get ahead of themselves and think like, oh, okay, now that Mac's not there, this is just gonna be what our potential is, and we can win a bunch of games and we'll be fine going into next year as long as we draft, you know, Drake May at two overall. Like, no, you have more work than that to do going forward. And I think the rest of the season prior to this has been clear evidence of that.
2: You know what last night was? It was a cuck holding of Mac Jones fans. That's that's really what happened, right? Because As three touchdowns were produced, like, let's start with the beginning of the game. Opening drive, touchdown, hadn't happened all season. 75-yard drive, too. Like, right right down, all the way down the field. So, no help, no extended receivers, your primary running back isn't there, you take the ball down on the first series and score. And I've said, this whole season, is the defense is, is better than enough. Then for it to be able to say, you know what, we can, if you give us a lead, give us a 7, give us a 10-point lead, even give us a 7-point lead with maybe, let's say, 7 minutes left in the game, and you believe that the Patriots' defense would not break. But what they've had to do this whole year is 7, and get nothing in return. So when you start it off right away, it's literally like all the husbands, the Mac Jones stands are watching Bailey Zappi just cook the game of football right in front of them. And a lot of people are hurt, and for the wrong reasons, because if you want to see any light, you know what I'm saying? When when you've got mold and stuff like that, the best thing is disinfectant and sunlight. Last night was sunlight. There was a bit of a disinfectant. Look, I've said that I've always thought that Bailey Zappi should have been on a head-to-head competition at the start of camp going into this past summer, and I was saying that at the end of last season. That's why there's a parody replay of Bailey Zappi's that dude at 645 here on WEEI. John, at the end of the day, the Patriots got a win. You do not feel as uncomfortable about the quarterback situation. And you got three touchdowns in the first half. What am I missing about what's good about that?
3: Uh, well, there's two things I think we are leaving out here. One, the offense disappeared in the second half, and the other piece wait, wait, of it. Wait, wait, the wait. other piece of it is the, the special offense teams wasn't was still showing
2: up in the really, first and second. Yeah, no, half no. You asked. You
3: asked what you were missing, and I'm quarters. saying it was a v- excellent first half. Like, and I think that throw Zappy made on Hunter Henry's second touchdown, the 24 yarder down the left sideline, was the best throw a Patriots quarterback has made all season, no matter who it was. Like, that was an awesome throw. Last Hunter two Henry, seasons.
2: Last two seasons? Uh, maybe.
3: I mean, I, I will give an honorable mention to the Mac Jones throw to Jalen Rager against the Commanders that hit off both of his hands. That was a great throw, too. But, but that wasn't a catch. But that's not Mac. The that's the throw, like a missed putt. The throw was tremendous. <laughs> so, uh, like, I think that zappy pass was as good a throw as we've seen at all this year from any Patriots quarterback. Hunter Henry played great. I would have liked to have seen them move the ball better in the second half. And part of that, too, is you're on the road Thursday night, right? You uh, All every... I feel like, not every, but a lot of teams that are on the road on a Thursday night fade a little bit down the stretch because it's a short week and you traveled, so it's a tough environment there. So I kind of expected a little of it, but they did get shut out in the second half, which I didn't like to see, but you're right. I mean, they scored more points last night than I think in their previous three games combined. So you know th- that was you know definitely something good, something to be happy about there. But again, I I'm not trying to throw cold water on this, but I just don't want one great win. And again, I think it's a great win, but I don't want one great win all of a sudden to be like, oh, we're good at quarterback, or oh, we'll be okay when Demario Douglas and Kendrick Bourne get healthy. We don't need to add a receiver. Oh, hey, our O line will be okay. Like, no, you still have some real improvements. You need to make this offseason. But I think what it did show, KJ, is that if if this team really invests, and I'm talking with smart decisions in free agency and legit draft capital on some of their needs, especially on offense, this has the potential to be a playoff team next year. Like The defense, to me, has played well enough to win 11 out of their 13 games. and I'm not saying they'd have 11 wins already, but they've played to that level to win 11 games out of their first 13. Their special teams and offense has killed them. We've talked about this, I feel like, every week what we saw last night to your first point was the potential that if you just
2: get this defense a lead they can hold it and you can win a decent amount of games kj lines weei 617-779-7937 text line 37937 in about 12 minutes we'll talk to my buddy chris mack at 93.7 the fan in pittsburgh who are now starting to feel like patriots fans did up until last night because of their quarterback situation and their declining returns looking towards heading towards the playoffs. That's in 12 minutes. So it would be an interesting insight from what they're seeing through Mitch Trubisky's eyes, who is Kate, J, uh, Drake May Sr. Just nobody knows that.
3: Yet. Oh, you mean the second overall pick from North Carolina? But, yeah. yeah. Is yeah, yeah, Drake
2: know. May Sr. out there last night. So something you just said was interesting, right? Because I'm, I'm trying to figure out, like, before last night, there felt like there was nothing... Nothing really of value on this squad, maybe outside of Ramondre Stevenson in the defense, right? So just just keep it going on the offensive side of the ball. Sure. But couldn't you say that last night you finally saw, watch this, competence from the quarterback position? Remember I texted you last night and I said, hey, Bailey Zappi threw the ball away in a situation that Mac would have thrown it right down, right where the numbers are, and here comes three linebackers in the screen. Yes, yep. there are going to be mistakes, and and I do have an issue about like, okay, they got shut out in the second half. That's called adjustments at halftime. You don't think Mike Tomlin and Pittsburgh were embarrassed by what the Patriots done in the first half? I mean, my goodness, the, the entire overhit in the first half. So it, it, if you're the Patriots, you say, you know what? We can lean on our defense and allow that defense to try And play this game out for us because we've given them a substantial size lead. If you think they're just going to march down the field with the the players they have, right? Like, you know, did you really think that Zeke was going to go for one twenty last night, or that you know, suddenly Tyquan Thornton was going to have ten receptions for one twenty? That's not this team. This wasn't even a team that could put ten points on the board. But yet, it feels like there's some avenues today. It's like, oh gosh, you know, it was twenty one points. Get Mitch Trubisky. Trubisky doesn't play defense. It's one of the better defenses. Look, in my Daily Fantasy last night, when you put the little little crown, I put the crown on the Steelers. I just thought the Steelers would feast on the Patriots last night. So why not give credit where credit is due is that there was competence from the quarterback play last night with the same lack of weapons that everybody talks about. This is what I said about last year, that Bailey Zappi was honed in to Belichick and to Patricia and Judge just about how bad it looked He made chicken salad out of chicken, you know what?
3: Yeah, look, I would agree completely. I think we saw competence from the quarterback position. It was all they needed. And I would argue what we saw last night, two things. One is, I think, back in August, how they envisioned they were going to win a lot of games and potentially be in the playoffs. Like, you score just enough points, your defense holds them, right? Obviously, they wouldn't expect a block punt, which was brutal. I mean, they've had five block punts in the last two years. This is the first time they've won one of those games. That's a whole separate conversation. But... I think you saw that, and I think offensively, what we saw in the first half is I think what a lot of us envisioned when Bill O'Brien was hired. I mean, they mixed up formations. Think about how many condensed and bunched formations they did on the first few drives of that game, and it helped them out a lot. Like We envisioned that. They had play action to open windows. Like The 37-yard pass to Juju Smith-Schuster was an underthrown ball and a great catch, but Several other of those receptions, including I think a second and third one, were like play action slants that he was wide open, like nice window throws. The running backs and tight ends are heavily involved in the passing game. The quarterback was manipulating the pocket pretty well. I thought Zappy did a great job of stepping up in the pocket and keeping downfield. Like I think that's what when they hired Bill O'Brien, myself and a lot of other people envisioned. Yeah, not that they're going to score thirty-five points every week, but that they're going to do take those elements. And scored just enough points to win. So I and I think Competence. we we finally saw it. And I, I don't think I think the only other time we really saw it was the Buffalo game earlier this year that they won. And maybe the second quarter against Philly when they scored a couple touchdowns, but that's only one
2: quarter. So I, yeah, I think that's what like we me saw, saying I got an A in gym.
3: Yeah, yeah, which I hope you did by the way. Uh, but I did. You know, when you're yeah, an athlete, you better get an A in yeah, gym. Hell yeah. So, but Six. but I do think that's like like I said, that's what myself and a lot of people envisioned them to be on offense it just took until the you know 13th game to really see it
2: kj lines in for the rich keith show 617-779-7937 let's go to david in the car david i'll tell you why i'm excited but i want you to ask your question of why why should i be excited david good good friday to you hey good evening guys thank you for taking the call so why should we be excited i'm a fan i'm a season holder i'm not excited why because we actually need to lose so what? we're excited cuz we had a good first half. So, so hear me out. So we had a good first half between the Steelers messing that up in the second half and some of the calls that the refs messed up on like that uh you know the, offensive um the Tavai you know one. jump yeah. Yeah. on the right on the yeah, uh, yeah, punt. That was baloney and we all know that. We all know that was baloney. So there's nothing to be excited about it. I mean well yeah, David, it was, was a win, that okay? was the Tavai it jump off sides before or after the three touchdowns were scored? That was after, right? It, it it doesn't matter. What did New England do in the second half? What did they do in the second half? Nothing. Other than holding Pittsburgh from scoring. They didn't score anything. You cannot win games continuously by doing that. You have to you, perform in all four quarters. That that is a fact. David, thank thanks for the call. They scored 21 points. Here's, here's what you should be excited for. It's a win. Yeah, I'm tired of hearing this whole narrative like, well, they should tank. They should tank. And you, John, a couple Saturdays I, I said, hey, what if Drake May gets here and can't beat Mac Jones out in camp? Because I think you keep Mac Jones around because if you've seen how quarterbacks have just absolutely fallen like soldiers – Backup quarterbacks are going to have a premium. If you someone took a call and said, hey, i like Mac Jones, they'll be like, uh, would you like fries with your Liverworth sandwich? That's probably what you get in return. But come next year, Mac Jones may become a fourth-round exchange for somebody who needs a quarterback if somebody goes down early. So that's why I don't think that Mac Jones is completely gone. But what if you bring in Mitch Trubisky Jr., and he can't outplay Mac in, in practice. What are we just going to do? A Mac Jones to say here, the job is yours. You haven't really faced any adversity. You're not winning any. You're not winning big games in the ACC. And look what's happened to the ACC when it's come to the college football playoff.
3: Yeah, and KJ, I think the caller you can rest assured because the Patriots won last night, and they still are in position to have the second overall pick yeah. thanks to thre- strength of schedule. So you're okay. You can rest assured. Like they Thank can you. win a game, and, and you, you the still Patriots get the will number win two, two more pick. games this year. Yeah. yeah exactly. Also, too, a, a, a loophole here, folks. If you really want to root for the Patriots to win, but still get a high draft pick, a root for the Arizona Cardinals to win a few games now that Kyler Murray is back, but B. Root for Justin Fields to play really well so then the Bears maybe don't take a quarterback high and you'll still be all right taking one of three or four. So there's still some loopholes here. There's way for the team to win and you still to get a top three pick and be all right there. So Or how, it, about, or how about
2: win two more games, yeah. possibly beat Denver on the road because they're not a team that can score a lot of points. So if you get into a defensive battle with Denver, you might like your chances there. And the New York Jets as the very last game at home. Finally, there's going to be a reason to say, you know what, go out on a win, finish 5-12, and 12, and then stop talking about this tanking stuff that's no guarantee.
3: Yeah, and, you know, and I'm an anti-I. What happened with tank for Tim with the Celtics? How did that work out? I'm, I'm on record as saying I am not a tanking guy, especially yeah. in football. Like, I think that can just get loser DNA in you. And and your, your point about Mitch Trubisky, senior and junior, that, <laughs> it's, it's really it's a real possibility, though. Trubisky, like, you gotta had a be, better see a year than they did. You got to be careful that you don't put all your eggs into that basket because what yep. if the guy stinks? And even if he's good. Like, you still have a lot of other needs there, too. Like, yes. again, that's why I said I, that was my opening take. I don't get fooled. This is a really
2: great win, and it was fun. That doesn't mean they don't have a lot of work to do in the off season. KJ Lines in for the Rich Keith Show, 617-779-7937, text line 37937. We'll get your comments in, plus we'll talk to Chris Mac from our sister station in Pittsburgh about last night's game, but right now it's time to trend with my man Stiz.
0: Now, here's What's Trending on WEEI.
4: Trending now brought to you by the Preservation Society in Newport. The Patriots surprised us all, snapped a five-game losing streak, beating the Steelers in Pittsburgh 21-18. Bailey Zappi went 19-28 for 240 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. That's right. You heard that right. Bailey Zappi spoke on the win shortly after the game. Yeah, I mean, it's awesome. Um, You know, things haven't really been, you know, falling our way, but, you know, to go out there and play good team football, um, we had a great first half. You know, there's things that were clean up in the second half that we didn't do very well, personally. Me. Um, but, you know, it's great to be, great to win. It's a great feeling. As of right now, the Patriots still hold the number two pick in the draft. They'll get some off time. They're back Sunday, December 17th, to host the Chiefs at Gillette Stadium. Kickoff at 1 p.m. That game, of course, was the game flexed. From Monday Night Football, the first time that's happened in the NFL. Bruins lost to the Sabres to 3-1 last night at the TD Garden. The lone goal for the Bees came from Brad Marsha, and that's his fifth goal in his last three games. Bruins back on the ice tomorrow afternoon at 1 p.m. to host the Coyotes. Celtics host the Knicks tonight at the Garden, tip-off, 7.30 p.m. Kristaps Porzingis has been cleared to play after missing four games. This is the start of five home games in the next nine days for the Celtics. Keep in mind, they are currently 9-0 and at home. In-season tournament last night, the Pacers beat the Bucks 128 to 119. The Lakers beat the Pelicans 133 to 89. The Pelicans will face the Lakers in Los Angeles tomorrow night for the final of the in-season tournament. Tip-off at 8:30. Little baseball news just a little bit ago: the Cardinals are trading outfielder Tyler O'Neill to the Boston Red Sox. Sox GM Craig Breslow was simply asked yesterday if, quote, he was in, to which he replied that he appreciated the question but would decline to answer. Shohei Otani watch continues, and as of right now, even though some reports say a decision is imminent, no decision has been made. Holidays at the Newport Mansions will be more spectacular than ever this year. The Breakers Marble House and the Elms are decorated in their festive finery, plus more lights, more fun at the dazzling outdoor spectacle, sparking lights at the Breakers. For more information, go to NewportMansions.org. I'm um, Stiz. That's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. More of it's Keith Show with KJ and John Lyons coming up.
0: You can stream the show or listen on demand anytime. Just download the Odyssey app. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. W E I is a favorite and listen wherever you go.
5: Now, more of the Rich Keith Show on WEI. Uh, based on the success from last night's game, is the plan moving forward to stick with Bailey as a starting quarterback? Yeah, you know, I'm not going to get into the future plans right now. You know, we have a little bit extra time this weekend. We'll kind of re, you know, recalibrate things a little bit. But certainly, Bailey's done a good job. He's earned playing time, um, but how exactly that'll go. Uh, you know, we'll talk about that. I'm not going to, you know, announce anything. It's everybody will be ready to play, and, and when the players get a chance to play, then they have an opportunity to show they deserve more playing time or, or maybe somebody, you know, moves ahead of them.
2: KJ and lines in for the Rich Keefe show. WEEI 617 nine seven ninety three seven text line 37937. We're a minute away from Chris Mack from 93.7, the fan in Pittsburgh. John, it's interesting because when I, I I like to listen to tonation from Belichick when he talks, when it's just really kind of drab, it's very bass heavy. It's like it's like a bass. But when you can hear the mids and the trebles in his voice, he's hinting to you that yeah, you might be onto something, but I'm not going to tell you it because if he didn't want to tell you, I get it. Here's the difference between Belichick. I don't want to get into that's what is bad. Ah, you know, when it's good, ah, you know, I don't want to get into, you know, future things, but there are some things we have. To, he's telling you like you might be on to something. That's how you pick up on the nonverbal communication of Bill Belichick.
3: So you study the tonal and voice inflections. I look at the Zapruder film of Bill Belichick at press oh, conferences. Gosh. You know, I, I tried. So we combine that together and we know what he actually uh, means, Grassy Gracie right? Knoll involved, too? Yeah, yeah. We know. It. No, but I mean, look, I think it, unfortunately, because he never really gives us much information which it sometimes probably helps the team and other times doesn't yeah. really matter. But I think that's what we have to do sometimes. And I think, you know, I still find it a little odd that he won't just say, like, Bailey's the starter. Like, he clearly, we talked about this before, too. Like, Cam, he, he, said Tom, he said it with Cam, he said not with Tom, he said it with Brady. Right, you, right, that's probably why. This but is the sitting of Mac, I've been saying. But the vo- you're right. I mean, his tone, his voice, his engagement level, if you want to call it that, seems to be much more in it. I think what was also telling is what he said prior to Bailey Zappi taking over the starting job. That oh, he doesn't ride the wave. You know, he's consistent and he's you know he de- I don't remember the exact word. It was like he's consistent, he's calm, and I think that was a juxtaposition between Mac, who's not
2: really consistent and calm, and Bailey is, and I think that kind of was a clue right there too. Okay, let's before we get to Chris, let's go to Joe in Connecticut. I think he just hit upon something, John, that you're you're thinking about. Chris, uh, Joe, thanks so much for the call.
5: Hey, yeah. No, I was gonna just say the exact same thing. I mean, I heard you say earlier about Mac Jones, and you want to keep him on for next year, but you could clearly see on the sideline yesterday, Bill Belichick, Bill O'Brien coming up to Bailey Zappi. Bill Bill Belichick was excited about the game. I know it was a win, but you could see that. He was happy with what was going on. He was fist pumping like there was definitely a change in the whole Patriot, just the team itself. The body out there two weeks in a row.
2: Yeah, I agree, Joe. Thanks for the call. Yeah, Joe's not going to want to miss the replay of last year's award-winning jo- John. You weren't here at the time, but won a national award for a parody to Bailey Zappi's that dude. It, it it's got to be replayed because it's almost like Nostradamus like. That's at 645. Let's turn to Chris Mack. He's at our sister station in Pittsburgh, 93 7, the fan. Chris, you know, going into the season, looking at this matchup, one of the things I said that would be the measure, measuring stick for, for the Patriots and Mac Jones would be could he outplay Kenny Pickett? And then we would know what his base is. Last night, no Kenny Pickett. <laughs> Last night, no Mac Jones. Here we had Bailey Zappi and Mitch Trubisky and now it seems like the energy in Pittsburgh is very much now similar to what it's been here in New England.
5: Yeah. I mean, I don't know if outplaying Kenny Pickett is much of a measuring stick for any quarterback in the league at this point, KJ, but, I mean, yeah, it would have been nicer maybe to have, uh, at least from from the Steelers' perspective, to have Pickett back there. He wouldn't have thrown the ball to the other team. As much, I mean, Trubisky could could have thrown three three picks last night. Had one dropped, another one called back on a penalty. Um, did throw one that actually stuck. That's the one thing. If you want to find positive in Kenny Pickett's play at this point in the year, at the very least, he doesn't turn the ball over. He also doesn't push it down the field at all, which apparently is now a recurring theme. Firing Matt Canada did not fix that. Firing Matt Canada did not fix the offense. Um, This team is in a bad way because not only can they not score points, um, but when T.J. Watt is not playing otherworldly, then the defense is not forcing turnovers on their end, which is how they survived. It's how they got to seven and four. Uh, Honestly, it was the defense driving things. It was T.J. Watt, Joey Porter Jr., who's had a great rookie year, Cam Hayward. they They were forcing mistakes. Alex Highsmith. And when they don't force mistakes, and you didn't see Zappy really make any last night, then they're not going to be able to capitalize on things. Even even when they did force the mistakes, they get the blocked punt right. Uh, they don't capitalize on them. They they got two short fields Sounds last night. That's all too familiar, time, right here. <laughs> yeah, the, each time on short fields, the first play is a, an inside handoff to Najee Harris. They've got no confidence in this offense, and the worst part is, they. Like, Mike Tomlin doesn't know how to fix this, Um, and, you know, the one thing he had always been able to do to this point in his career is get guys to buy in, right? Great motivator, great leader of men, even if you had questions about some of the game day schematics and uh, these terrible challenges. You know, it it was okay because the locker room would buy in, and they'd be 110% behind him. Those guys are a disaster right now. George Pickens is sulking on the sideline. You saw Deontay Johnson give up on a play a couple weeks ago. Uh, Mika Fitzpatrick is calling out guys in the locker room last night after the game saying, these guys just don't want it. They think they're going to walk out with black and gold on their jersey and somehow be handed a game, and they're not playing like they want it. If Mike Tomlin can't turn around the schematics and also can't turn around the motivational factors that get a team to play like they were in playoff position like it or not, whether it's pretty or not, if he can't get them to play, like they believe that they are a playoff team and that they have to go out and show up and and actually execute and not just walk out on the field, then there's going to be, so there's going to have to be a, a, an off season come to Jesus moment with him, art Rooney, the second and whoever else is in leadership that wants to have that moment because you know, we're going on six years now without a playoff win in Pittsburgh. And As one of the other franchises in the league that's got pretty high standards, you guys know, you can't go that long without winning in the playoffs. And people are starting to get fed up with it.
3: Chris, we're talking to Chris Mack uh, in Pittsburgh. Chris, I want to zoom out and kind of follow up on what you just said, because you mentioned not having a playoff win in six years. And, look, I think the Steelers have some great pieces in Watt and Highsmith and and Mm -hmm. Fitzpatrick. But when you take a look at where they're at, I think they're in a really – Tough spot right now because I think Baltimore is the best team in the AFC. The Browns have a Super Bowl-caliber defense, and you figured Deshaun Watson will be healthy next year. And Cincinnati, as long as Joe Burrow is healthy, is going to be a Super Bowl contender. So when you look at this team for the long term, 2024, 2025, are you concerned at all that they're going to struggle to make the playoffs, not just because of issues with Kenny Pickett and Trubisky, but also just the high-end quality of football within their own division.
5: Yeah, John, you know, it's a great point. They're not – this isn't the NFC South, right? Like, you're going to have to do more than just stack the top of your – top third of your defense, right, which is what they've done. Um, I mentioned Hayward. You mentioned Fitzpatrick, you know, Watt, Highsmith. Great players, all of them. But Cam Hayward's not getting any younger. And other than those four, you know, they went out and drafted Keanu Benton out of Wisconsin. He's helped up front. I mentioned Joey Porter Jr. out of Penn State. He's been great on the edge. Patrick Peterson isn't getting any younger, though. So there's going to be transition on the defensive side of the ball. And, oh, by the way, meanwhile, you're wasting the prime years of T.J. Watt. T.J. Watt is now at the age where his brother's body started to break down. So who knows how much more good football is in T.J.'s body, if it's anything like J.J. And then on the other side of the ball, you know, this does go back to former GM Kevin Colbert. And I love Kevin. Like, seriously, he's a great human being. But as a GM, the last few years of his tenure, he blew it. He went out and drafted Najee Harris, Pat Friermuth, George Pickens. Great individual skill players, but in spots in the draft where he should have been drafting offensive linemen. It goes for the Kenny Pickett selection as well. You knew way back in 2019 that his offensive line was starting to age out. David DeCastro, Alejandro Villanueva, Ramon Foster, Marquise Pouncey. He knew that was going to happen over the following two to three seasons. And it happened right under his nose, and he didn't start to draft to try to replace those guys until this draft, it just makes no sense. And, and, well, it wasn't even him that made that pick. It's Omar Khan, right, finally realizing um, that they've got to do something about this offensive line. And with the offensive line still a work in progress with one of the bottom five quarterbacks in the NFL, whether it's Pickett or Trubisky, uh, bottom five starting quarterbacks in the NFL, and the run game really not finding itself until two or three weeks ago, uh, they don't have a true wide receiver one. Deontay Johnson thinks he is, but we can all see that he's not a good possession receiver, but not a guy that can really blow a game open. George Pickens' attitude clearly has become a problem as they've not been able to get him the ball as much as he would like. Uh, they're in a tough spot, you're right. They, they need a year, to be quite honest, where Mike doesn't keep that uh, non-losing season streak up. They need a year, like Bill Cowher had, in 2003, where they went 6-10 and 10, and they were able to get to a spot where they drafted a Hall of Fame quarterback. They need a year where they can finish in the top 10 in the draft and not screw it up and get that quarterback. Because without the quarterback, you guys know this, if you don't have the quarterback, you're not going to be able to compete.
2: Chris Mack from 93.7, the fan at Pittsburgh, our sister station, here on WEEI with KJ and Lyons in for Rich Keefe. So, Chris, you know, I, I could be honest. We had a conversation about being on the show earlier in the season. Uh, felt like it was going to be a competitive game. But now, and even into last night, I said, you know what? With this loss, I really need to have Chris on because I'm going to hear some of the same complaints about what the team isn't doing. Offensive line, underwhelming running play, quarterback below underwhelming. All the things we've been discussing in New England, and I, I have some bad news for you. Nobody feels bad right in New England right now for Pittsburgh. Right? <laughs> Nobody feels bad. But but what I've been saying here on the station is you can have weapons like a George Pickens and a Deontay Johnson. You can have a Najee Harris as your running back, and you can still suffer and have major deficiencies. A offensive line that's not good. Now, the Patriots, I'm not saying that they have weapons anywhere near, but you can you feel like in Pittsburgh that it's a It's a train that's about to crash more than one that's about to arrive in the station where here in New England, it's always felt like, hey, this Well, not to make fun of like trains here in the MBTA system, but it's the trains that are already damaged trying to come into the station, knowing that it barely has brakes. It doesn't have warning lights. It doesn't even have horns to let you know it's coming. It's just rambling in. So what does it feel like to have all those weapons and feel like you're in a decline where you possibly could be calling? for a head coach who hasn't had a losing season in the history of him coaching that team just because Mm -hmm. of what's going on with field right now.
5: Well, yeah, I'll I'll continue your train analogy. All right. Right. Like it's that (laughs) time of year, KJ, there's Christmas trees all over new England right now and all over Western Pennsylvania with little toy trains going round and round in a circle. And that's what both of these head coaches are doing, right? Legendary hall of fame, head coaches who refuse to adapt and change. And so they just get stuck going in the same circle over and over and over again. And that's what it is. We've seen the same thing from Mike Tomlin. You know, at a certain point, you have to own up. Like like Bill Belichick bringing in Patricia as an offensive coordinator last year was basically him telling you, uh, it's always going to work my way, right? Uh, I'm, I'm Belichick. I got it. Don't worry. We'll figure it out. And Mike Tomlin refusing to make the changes that are necessary which in this case was firing Matt Canada. Okay, we finally get that three weeks ago. Uh, Refusing to keep Brian Flores around. He decided to keep Terrell Austin around. You've seen what Flores has been able to do the last month and a half with Minnesota's defense, bring it back to respectability. Um, It's it's old ball coaches digging in their heels into being old ball coaches who Mm. just don't want to change and adapt. And when that happens – that's, what, that's that's the death knell. Coaches, especially in this day and age, in the NFL, who don't change and adapt, they're going to get left behind. And I think that's what we're seeing with both of these guys right now.
2: Chris Mack, 93.7, the fan at Pittsburgh. Before you go, Chris, uh, little known fact is that Ken Laird, our boss here, uh, you used to work with in Pittsburgh. Uh, I just want to know, and, John, this will help us both, do you have any, like, incriminating memos, photos – Emails that we could use because I have an agenda here on the station. Damn it! And I'm going to use every leverage. So, is there anything you could give up on Ken Laird before we let you go? I'm
5: not going to do that since technically he is still above me in the hierarchy <laughs> in Odyssey. <laughs> oh, so portal! Don't I'm even worry Ken... about the employee portal, man. You got some I'm going to let Ken. I'm going to let Ken slide <laughs> this time. But I knew Ken was bound for management when his when his favorite uh, benchmark segment on his show Steelers 365 was reading the TV guide and I'll just leave it at
2: that <laughs> that says a lot Chris Mack 93.7 the fan of Pittsburgh uh good luck rest of the season though here in New England we're like boy we're enjoying yeah. that train wreck happening down there with good, Tomlin
5: good, good good luck getting the draft pick that you want
2: <laughs> take care Chris yeah John that's pretty interesting there what he said at the end Tomlin who you don't perceive to be obviously a seven year old like Belichick and Belichick with pretty much like two kind of cowboys just with their heels dug in in front of the corral, and says this is the way we serve a beer and shoot a guns. It it it, it could be onto something. Where, and we, I've said this a little bit is the team has to be flexible to the adaptability of the league. It can't look like the you know the the British soldiers in 1775. Hey, we fight in a straight line. We wear big red jackets. Yeah, yeah these guys are the revolutions are hanging in the trees. So do you think there's something to that potentially? Like that, that, like the game is now starting to get a little quicker than two of the stalwarts in the league. What, what I
3: find interesting is one of the hallmarks of the Steelers is their consistency, right? Like every mm. year they have a winning season. Of course, back when there were 16 games, they would sometimes go 500, but they would never have a losing season. But I wonder if that's kind of lulled them into a sense where they won't make that occasional aggressive move. Like you compare it to the Patriots that – when they were winning Super Bowls, yes, they had the quarterback, they had the coach, but they would occasionally make those aggressive moves. Oh, tweaks, yeah. They would put, like, you know, signing Darrell Revis or going out Randy and getting Moss. Stephon Gilmore, Randy, but like those getting Corey Dillon. Like, those, right. occasion, like, I never really see the Steelers Junior make a yeah. move like that. Like, they never really do something. And again, I'm not saying you've got to be reckless and spend all kinds of ridiculous money, but you, sometimes or you have to directly. go out. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's a whole other thing, right? Well, that'll be a busy discussion in April for us. But I, I never see the Steelers make a move like that. Again, I'm not saying you got to go nuts, but when the Patriots traded for Corey Dillon, that helped them win a Super Bowl. That was one move, but it helped put them over the top. When they signed Darrell Rivas, it helped put them over the top to win them a Super Bowl. And I never really see the Steelers make moves like that. And I wonder if they're so focused on their consistency – that sometimes they lose sight of, hey, if we're really going to get over the top, we got to take an extra risk once in a while.
2: All right, KJ and Lyons here on the Rich Keefe Show, 617-779-7937, text line 37937. Next, we replay Bailey Zappi's That Dude here on WEEI. Good to you.
0: You can watch the show anytime via our live stream on Twitch. Just go to twitch.tv slash bostonweei and check out WEI on YouTube for our video-on-demand content updated daily. Now, more of The Rich Keefe Show on WEI.
2: KJ and Lions in for the Rich Keefe show on your Friday night here on WEEI, 617-779-7937. Seconds away from your texts at 37937. three seven Still to come here on the show. Celtics, they, they, they tucked this game in with the, with the Knicks for tonight. Just because, I mean, that's what's so weird about this in-season tournament when you're out. Now they got to find a game for you to play and move it around on the schedule. it's Kind of dumb, they play the Knicks. Przingis is back. We'll get to that right at the top of the hour. Stavis, what do we got on the text line?
4: All right, KJ, coming in now to the text line 3793.7. We got two football and one basketball, so let's start with the basketball. Uh, KJ and John, do you guys care that the Celtics are not in the in-season tournament finals? John?
3: Uh, what I care most about is that they're healthy and Kristaps Porzingis is back tonight. I-, I would have liked to have seen them advance just so like, the newer lineup, especially Drew Holiday and Porzingis, could have played some – above regular season intensity minutes together, but I'm not, like, that upset about it.
2: I could give a Seaport's rat's ass that they're not <laughs> in this thing anymore. and Here's why. And this is what's really embarrassing about the tournament, is now LeBron James, they're pushing up this narrative of, hey, you know, since he didn't play in the Final Four, this is his chance. It's just like being in the Final Four. So he could say he has an NBA championship and an Olympic Medal and win an in season tournament. Is that yeah, what he's it really the is? king, KJ? He's the right. king, right? And and yeah, plus, forget but, about the
3: four NBA titles he won. The in season r- tournament,
2: right? And the other part of that is, let's just call it what it is. He's probably on his free time showing powerpoints to investors there in Vegas, saying, you know, this tournament it's kind of for me. As the Phoenix Suns and that blown call in their game, it's for me. So that way you can invest in my future team here. And guess who they're playing? It's like a Saturday morning wrestling jabroni. In the Indiana Pacers. Like, I can't wait a... till the Pacers
3: win oh, that game. If oh, they I can win feel that it. game. I can feel it in my bones. That they're would be like
2: Barry Horowitz beating Hulk Hogan on a Saturday Tyrese morning. Tyrese
3: Halliburton's going to score like 41
2: points and they're going no, to I can they, feel it. They're going oh. to beat them like a drum because it's oh. specifically designed for the coordination of LeBron. Oh. Uh, next question. I can feel
4: it. All right. Uh, next question coming in from the 413. Since when is Tomlin a legendary coach?
2: I mean, you can't ignore it. Right. Consistency. I, I think pace. he's a Hall of Fame level. Coach. Yeah. Like, I mean, granted, like been to two Super Bowls, yeah. one,
3: one, never had a losing season. Like, I don't know. I mean, the is other, he is he the greatest coach ever like we have here? No, but I mean, I, I
2: think it's, that's a pretty good record. I think sometimes we have like noise canceling headphones and glasses on. Well, not noise for the glasses is you forget that any coach in the AFC over the last 20 years have had a ceiling on their performance. Right, so if if Belichick is dominating the AFC, that's why it's different with Andy Reid. Andy Reid got a lot of wins in the NFC. If he had all that all that time in the AFC, Belichick would have just kind of stomped him down as well. So yeah, Holland he's a Hall of Fame coach. There's a lot to say the way that the game has changed that you can have consistency, especially with free agency over these years. Last one.
4: Uh, all right, here. Let me see. Texer in the six oh three guys has Mac Jones thrown his last pass as a New England Patriot. I, I think so. S- I don't think so. I do. I think so.
2: Uh, now, I don't, I don't, now, has he thrown his last pass as a starter in New England? Sure. Could he show up in that Jets game towards the end of the year and mop up time? Sure. Right. And at least you know you let him pass then. Like if you want to throw something then, we already know what is and what isn't. So I don't think Mac Jones has thrown his last pass as a Patriot, but I do believe he's thrown his last pass as the starting quarterback for the New England Patriots. All right, keep the comments coming. 617-779-7937. Text line 37937. Uh, still to come, we got to talk about the Red Sox and their acquisitions. Anytime you see two-time gold glove winner in the description of who's coming, you're like, oh, damn, you're saying he can't hit? So that's still to come uh, and getting you ready before the Celtics tip off at 730. So, of course, last night, John, the talk was how Bailey Zappi looked in the game, how this, the Patriots' first opening drive, score of this touchdown, score of the season, scoring 21 points in the first half. Last year, and I, you've been here with the station probably about six months, maybe? Uh,
3: yeah, just under six months. Just yeah.
2: under six months. I, I found out this month it's my anniversary with the company. I didn't know until I saw the email earlier this month. Happy anniversary to me, does the Barry Horowitz tap on his back. And... Last year, when Bailey Zappi got into the Lions game, after the Lions game, I said, hey, there's something about this guy that doesn't say superstar, but it says, uh-oh, Mac, watch your back. So to the tune of Eric B. and Rock Kim's, uh, Eric B., no, what is it? I forgot. Paid in full. This is Bailey Zappi's that dude. And it's going to mention that Mac Jones is a second-year quarterback. This proves that this was made last year. Hit it, Stiz. Mac Jones, Bailey Zappi. It's got everybody talking. It reminds them of Brady and Bledsoe. Is Bailey Zappi that dude? Bailey used to be the backup man. Now Zappi's got the ball all in, in his hand because he's competition. Max the evidence on how a second year quarterback can regress. So here's the mission learn the system. Don't get flashy, and you'll make Belichick happy. Stay accurate and stay cool. Everybody will say, Bailey Zappy's that They're dude. looking dude, for voice and composure in the pocket. It was one play where Zappy looked right, Zappi looked left. So There's a guy in the middle. Oh my God, it was beautiful. Now people, hold up. This ain't a blow-up. Light a fire under Mac Jones to finally show up. See, Mac's got a yearn to earn. He's got a fight for this. Zappi looks good, so maybe Mac should stop throwing to the backers on the middle line.
1: <laughs> Holding the
2: ball, yo, that's not fine. Matt Patricia, put that pencil to use. Watch your back, 10. Bailey Zappy's that dude dude, 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 dude. Yo, what happened to Blitzo? Peace 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 peace
1: peace peace, 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 peace,
2: John, that was made a year ago. Did it happen? I mean, Did it,
3: would you call him that dude still? I, I would not call him Wait,
2: that wait, dude. wait, wait, wait a minute. I'm not uh, saying that he's uh, the dude uh, overall. I'm just saying he's that dude. Isn't that, that the t- title of
3: the song, though?
2: Yeah, but yeah. I, the whole thing was watch your back. So 10. I, you
3: might have to give that award back. He's not that Bailey dude. Bailey that Zappy's dude. that dude. I think watch you need to give me part 10. of the award. You know, you weren't
2: here. So, but my point being is, Zappy kept his head down. How many times he get How many times he get waved this year? Several. Uh about sixteen. There. Okay, just kidding. I, but yeah, no, you're right. He did. It was yeah. He did. Kept your head down. Knew that you had the attention and the respect of management in terms of your coaches and that your time would come. I'm not saying he's the future. This song was not called Bailey Zappi's The Future. I just said he's that dude that 10 needs to watch his back. And guess what? All of Fitzy's Mac to the Future stuff should be on sale 50 to 70% off at his site by now.
3: Yeah, just when I think of that dude, I think of Robert Kraft and Meek Mill's friend Lamar Jackson. Like, that's that dude. That's the guy that I wish they had got this offseason. But that's a whole... Other discussion, KJ. Good song though.
2: Yeah, that I I like your stand one. The rails like that. that, Your your stand one was my favorite. Well, that's because that's what has happened. That was really good. See, you're starting to like these, but but the the last two were were high
3: end. Yeah, he's
2: been praising the last two, KJ. Yeah, so that well, that's the thing. I mean, that's a little bit different. But but my point being is, before this train goes off the tracks like it's orange, is Zappy was never going to be the superstar quarterback. But he wasn't that much worse than Mac Jones. And that's what I've been saying for so long is that, hey, this guy who was playing FBS football except for his last year, why is this guy even comparable to the Alabama Blue Blood that won a national championship with no with no adversity? That's what I've been saying. Like, he didn't have to beat anybody out even for his gig at, 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 at Alabama because to his younger brother went to, went off to, to Maryland. right? And, and, and I would Roy even Jones say – like-
3: like, he, he did have some quarterback competitions, if you will, but it, he never really had that like, in-season difficult adversity until his second year with Patricia and Judge, like his second year in the Because at Alabama, I mean, in, what, 2020, they were just better than everyone. He's throwing a wide-open guy. And look, he, he had a great year, but he never faced, I felt like, in-game, in-season Adversity, which at the time I think a lot of people brushed off, but looking back on it, I think well, maybe that was a factor. I well, think you've John, been proven—you've been proven outright in large part on that.
2: I'll tell you what: we'll continue the conversation with the Patriots and about Belichick and where he stands. That's next here. KJ and Lions for uh, Rich Keith show here on WEEI second hour next.